Hello, it's Ed Gamble here from the Off Menu podcast that you're currently listening to. I am on tour now. The show is called Hot Diggity Dog. Make sure you go and get yourself a ticket. I'm probably coming to a town near you if you live in the UK and Ireland. And Ireland, Dublin and Belfast. Do go to edgamble.co.uk, buy yourself a ticket, and I'll see you for an evening of Hot Diggity Dog. Hot Diggity Dog! Thank you, James. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Off Menu Podcast, biting into the sweet flesh of chat and spitting out the pips of truth. Hello, James Acaster. <laughs> little bit of a spit there. Yeah, a little bit of a bite. I bit into it and then I, I spat out all the pips. Hello, Ed Gamble. <laughs> hello, hello. Uh, I was just even thinking about eating a grape with seeds in it made me feel sick then. Yeah, don't see the point. Why no. are there grapes with seeds in them still? If we've got the technology to grow... Yeah. Now, here's a stupid question. We grow seedless grapes, right? Yeah. They've not worked out a way to take them all out before they put them in the bag. Well, there's the whole thing, isn't it, of like, well, how do you... People have said it forever. How do you how do you grow seedless grapes? What do you plant to grow a seedless yeah. grape? Yeah. People have always said that. But I don't think they suck out the pips any other way, do they? That would put me off grapes if I found Seems out there's a, there's a guy sucking, sucking out all the pips before he sends them to me. Yeah, I wouldn't like that. No. So I'm not sure, really. But then, yeah, I hate biting into a grape and suddenly there's the pips there. No, thank you. And then you swallow uh, it. You swallow a pip, and then you're like, "Is a bunch of grapes going to grow in my tum tum?" That's scary. Yeah. What um, tree, bush, or plant would you, if you had to have one growing in your tummy, what would it? What would it be? Chocolate. Like a cacao plant. Yeah, that'd be great. But you're imagining it growing full bars of chocolate. Well, just growing all the chocolate, and then the chocolate falls off, and then I digest it all. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't have time. I don't have time to go through that. So this is the off-menu podcast, James. What happens on this? We have a guest in the dream restaurant, and we ask them their favourite ever start and main course, side dish, drink, and dessert. And this week, our special guest is 
Munya Chihuahua. Chihuahua. Munya Chihuahua. He is a uh, he's an online comedian. Does a lot of stuff on uh, Instagram. Does a lot of videos and character and sketch stuff. Yep. He was in Dane Baptiste's famous show, which if you haven't watched that, I don't know if it's still on iPlayer or not, but it's very good. You should watch that as well. Munya's very funny in it, and we're thrilled to have him in the Dream Restaurant. However, yeah. uh. if he says the secret ingredient that we deem to be a bad ingredient that we don't like. We will kick him out of the restaurant. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm we sorry. Will. We'll take no pleasure in it. Let's make it grapes with seeds in it. I think we've done that already, James. Oh. Well, it just goes to show we haven't changed. We still don't like grapes with seeds in it to this day. Yeah, exactly. We stand, we stand by that. How about, James, the one we've agreed on, which is mung beans? Yeah. Mung beans. I don't like them. I think they stink. They stink. I don't know. I mean, why would you call something that people are supposed to like that? Mung beans, it sounds yeah. bad. It sounds like they're disgusting. Right. You think onomatopoeically, just like phonetically, it doesn't mung, sound I, Mung makes me think Ming, and Ming makes me think Minger, and yeah. the things that you say, something's minging if it's not nice. Ming, minging beans, that's what it makes me think. Well, you've made it worse now. I just, I just yeah. don't like the way they smell. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. They smell damp and horrible. They smell minging. Up to you. Well, anyway, <laughs> if Munya says uh, mung beans, and the thing is... M- M-U-N. Munya. We're luring him in. We're luring him in there. I say it every time. A guest always picks a food that is the same first three letters as their name. That's what most of us, our favourite food is. That's why I love jam. You love jam. And you love... Edamame beans. Edamame beans. And Benito loves... Bento boxes. Bento boxes. That's his favourite food. We're Mm. very good at improv on this podcast. That's, That's a good thing about it. Yeah, if you like improv, listen to the rest of this episode. We're going to be firing on all cylinders. This is the off-menu menu of Munya Chihuahua. Welcome, Munya, to the Dream Restaurant. Yes, <laughs> wonderful. Welcome, Munya Chihuahua, to the Dream Restaurant. We've been expecting you for some time. I know. I like to. I like to be uh, fashionably late. You know, I like to leave you waiting. Oh yeah. It's what an A It's what A list celebs do. That's true. <laughs> exactly. You've met a lot of A listers, right? They, they keep you waiting. Well, I mean, speaking of celebs, I've met uh, Ed. Actually, prepared me for my first and only stand-up gig. I did, and you thought I wouldn't. You thought I wouldn't remember this, as if you you thought every day I'm being interviewed by someone who's asking me for stand up tips because they're about to do their stand up gig. I, I just assumed that you might have wiped tra- traumatic memories like this out of your consciousness, but uh, no, no, there way. it is, as, as clear as day. Well, look, I'll, shall I tell you what happened? Because James, you seem baffled. I didn't know this happened, and you know I'm interested to hear. What about Ed's tutorial and teaching techniques made you quit after one gig? So, <laughs> yes, please. I mean, if you if you know the, the plot of Karate Kid, it's basically that, but in comedy form. Yeah. But essentially what happened is I was working at a TV channel and um, I was a producer on the show, so I was writing the scripts, but I also realised I had the power to write myself into the show. <laughs> so I really wanted to try stand-up, but I wanted... A, a situation in which it was completely reasonable that I failed spectacularly. And so I went to the bosses and I was like, guys, how crazy is this? What if we did this idea where some randomer just learns to become a stand-up comedian in like eight <laughs> weeks and then he goes and does a show? Wouldn't that be hilarious? Because then if it goes bad, you know, well or badly, it's going to be great TV. And they went, 
that is a good idea. Who could we, you know, who could we do that with? And I was like, <laughs> I don't know, me. <laughs> and um, sh- sure enough, we started to basically get comedians in each week who would then impart some comedic knowledge to me. Right. Ed came in and I forget what we talked about. It was about charisma, I think. It was about charisma on stage. Um, you got Ed. That is what they say about it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Pure charisma. <laughs> he was teaching me sort of, you know, puff out your chest and this and that. Don't go too overblown. Just get the perfect medium, this, that and the other. Yeah. Because as we all know, the, my, the main thing about my comedy is my yeah. chest is so puffed out. <laughs> it um, is actually. Yeah, say, yeah. the pigeon of the comedy world. We can't actually yeah. sit people in the front row at my gigs because my chest sticks yeah. so far out over the top of the stage. Yeah, walking around like foghorn leghorn. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the guys were constantly having just to move the tripods back just because of the pure <laughs> peck, peck to lens action that was happening. Yeah. But anyway, yes. So a few weeks later, I went and did my gig. Uh, it was five minutes, so really the window for me to fail was very, very small. And I'm pleased to say it went exceptionally well. Oh. It was a student night, so it was a top secret comedy club in Soho. Great mm-hmm. night, student night. They were all up for a laugh. And uh, the, the first guy who went on was this just Larry Scottish guy. He had them in the palm of his hand. Second person went on. They were amazing. I was absolutely petrified because I thought, Oh, look, I want everyone to do well, but the third person needs to be shit, please. Just sure. so I can then sort of raise yes. the bar back up a little bit. And yeah, sure enough, the, the third person went on and, you know, made a load of jokes about some sort of national treasure, maybe Mary Berry or something. And then I, I came on and sort of started telling jokes about Zimbabwean dictators. And it, and it turns out that was just what was needed to lift the mood. <laughs> so thank, thanks, Mugabe. <laughs> did you puff your chest out did you remember to puff your chest out yeah absolutely yeah most of the gig was actually just looking at my chin for for the people in the front row yeah um, so ed thank you so much man it's the first time i've been able to say this but i was waiting for this opportunity my abiding memory of the interview was i was quite horrible about your material actually <laughs> <laughs> well yeah. i think i was quite i you think i was quite mean, mean right I, I was quite mean to you about the whole thing ed was like here's what you gotta do you gotta you lose loads of weight and then do loads of material about how you lost the weight. That's what you've got to do. That's what I did. And where's that chest? Where the hell is that chest? That's back <laughs> in your body. Out. Puff that out. Oh, man. But it paid off. And, uh, you know, Ed, I'm just, I can't wait for lockdown to lift so that I can pencil in our next lesson on uh, making <laughs> yeah. sure your knees are at the right angle. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Well, I like that. I, I, you know, I tried to impart some of my knowledge to you to mm. do live stand up, and you responded by doing one gig and then uh, just sort of doing quite a lot of online viral work and not needing to bother with live stuff. Yes. Uh, I mean, it's easier to do online because, you know, you never actually hear whether people laugh or whether there is dead silence. You know, you kind of just, the only indication is kind of like whether people have clicked like on a little red heart. So I feel like that is way less. Uh, daunting but i am going to try and do some more stand-up when i finish for sure just quite i just find it terrifying find it terrifying because once i interviewed another comedian and he said to me have you ever tried stand-up and i said well you know i did one and he said no no you've got to do a few you know you know do a few and then you're going to find out how you you know whether you really like it when it's really for you and i said okay well how many do you suggest and he said you know, once you've done about 350, you'll know. I thought, you can do 350 gigs to find out whether I like something. I said, I'm going to leave it to you. <laughs> well, I don't know who this person was who you interviewed, but let me tell you, they do not enjoy stand-up, and they're trying to <laughs> draw you into their sad world. They're like, yeah. you should do it. Do 350 of them. Just, just stop being a successful viral sensation on the internet. Start doing stand-up gigs like me and hate your life. <laughs> 
Now, Monia, mm. our first question is usually still or sparked in water, mm. and you've already been collecting some water. Is that some water in that little flask you've got there? Are you are you one of those guys who always has a flask of water, carry that around all day long? Well, it's uh, I, I'm I'm sure you know people who use recy- recyclable bottles just seem to sort of plague human existence by constantly screwing the, the lid. So that's one of the downfalls of saving penguins. Uh, but no, in my recyclable bottle, I just have tap water, which is very edgy of me because I have an extremely sensitive stomach. Uh-huh. Um, really, they say you shouldn't drink tap water because of the stuff that's in it. But, you know, I come from Zimbabwe where most days it was kind of like pure malaria coming out. So mm. to come to England and to be able to just drink from the tap without risk of, well, death is actually fantastic. And that's why I drink it from the tap. But in a restaurant, if I had the luxury, um, I probably would go still. Because I think if you go sparkling, you, you, there's just something wrong with you. You, know, so yeah. you might as well lick, an ele- lick a plug socket because there's nothing pleasant about the sort of electrical sensation of sparkling. And you can't, it's not quenching. Man, you really do have a sensitive stomach if if you think <laughs> bubbles are the equivalent of licking a plug. <laughs> I don't like yeah, but shot. listen, what I'm trying to say is you can't, when you're really thirsty, no one goes, oh God, I could just have some sparkling water now because it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's an emotional battle to get each gulp down because of the gas. It's like a one in, one out policy, isn't it? Trying to gulp sparkling water. Ah, so you, you think the bubbles <laughs> represent a one in, one out policy with other air in your body? <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. Right. So you see your body as a nightclub of oxygen. Oh, that's what, that's what I, that, I mean, that's my Tinder bio. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a nightclub of oxygen. <laughs> so the little, the bubbles are people who want to go in and dance in your body. So you mm, have to kick yeah. out some of the other oxygen particles before you can let them in because of the fire regulations. Exactly. Oh, well, look, when you say it like that, yes, I admit it sounds a bit strange, but <laughs> essentially, yes. Um, I, I just feel like tap, you know, sparkling water, people do it to be bougie, but it's not actually a pleasant experience. I mean, what do you lot drink? Tap sparkling water. I have done it in the past, but like you know, I wouldn't. I, when I have drunk sparkling water, I wouldn't describe it as an electric sensation um, <laughs> or or an emotional battle. <laughs> I haven't been zapped by it before, but uh, <laughs> but I understand for you, it's more of a. It's a bit. A bit it's a bit full on. It's a bit like an electric mm. shock that would wake you up because you're sensitive stomach. What are the emotions that you go mm. through in, in the battle? So it's, mm. if you can just transport yourself there now. So you, you take a sip. What, what's this emotional battle? What does it, what does it consist okay. of? His eyes are closed. Okay, so first of all, it's just the, the tearing, the, the fear of feeling your, your throat being torn to pieces by these needlessly erratic bubbles. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, it sinks down into your stomach and you can feel this sort of gurgling sensation you think you know what is going on it's then it's embarrassment it's like can anyone else hear that <laughs> you know yeah. and then it's shame yeah as the sort of one in one out policy really comes into effect yeah you know? so this is not a pleasant experience for me boys you know no none when, of I, when you ask me spark even just the word sparkling is you know, i'm tre- i don't know if you can see but my top lip is trembling <laughs> So the one the one in one out policy yeah can i just do you mean you do loads of tiny little farts but one for every bubble that you take in. Mm, good, good question, actually. Um, well, you, sometimes you Thank save you. them up because sometimes you've got to look for that window of opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, every for every throat clear from the opposite person is an opportunity. So very much when I sit down for dinner with people, I'm asking myself, how much does this person clear their throat? Yeah. Because that's <laughs> going to make my night a lot easier. So you're waiting for them to cough. You're waiting for them to cough. And then you go far and then everyone thinks, that guy coughing smells like shit. It's, co- it's co- coughing out shit. 
I love that you're waiting for them to cough as well. You're not thinking, I'll clear my throat and do it under that. You're like, I've got to wait for them to do it. Oh, God. No, 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 no. I think if you combine it with clearing your own throat, there's a lot going on there. And I feel like, you sure. know, it could become more than a fart, which is which is a worst mm. case scenario. Not that yeah. it's ever happened, but, you know, take these kind of precautions. It's not one in everybody out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't want it to be the case that this nightclub just happens to be operating when it closes and everyone has to rush out. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's a very strategic process. I, why Tom Cruise hasn't made a Mission Impossible film about this, I don't know. Yeah, he's <laughs> a back one. He's just staring at the dinner, the guys having dinner with, just praying that he coughs. Yeah. Please clear your throat. I need to fart so bad. I was very offended by um, your assumption, your assumption, James, that my fart stink of shit. You know, the way you describe <laughs> I'm it. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's very, very presumptive of you. Well, you know, it's pretty common. I mean, sparkling water isn't that aromatic, though. Well, I, I, didn't, I didn't think you were farting out the sparkling water. I thought it was one in, one out basis, so that you're, the bubbles are going in and different bubbles, uh, air oh, bubbles true. are coming out of your butt that have been in there from other stuff. Yeah, but I don't survive off of, like, aero bars or something. Like, I don't survive off of bubbly food. You know? So, hold on. Is it only the bubbly food that turns into bubbles and has to leave your body? It's not just other food in general that, that might Listen, be I thought this was a food gas. podcast, not a biology exam. I don't know. All I know is... I just don't think I it's only is... arrows and <laughs> only aero bars and sparks in water that would do this. God, we need to get an expert on the show. Where do you stand on aero bars, then? And whispers and stuff. Do you not eat those because the one-in-one-out policy? Well, there's no electric sensation with arrows. You know, the whole marketing point <laughs> is the bubbles melt in your mouth, you know, not the bubbles electrocute you as they go down. Yeah. yeah. So already there's a contrast to sparkling water. So I try not to tarnish all bubbly food items with the same brush. Do you know what I mean? That's good of you. Pop it ums or bread. Pop it ums or bread, Manya Chihuahua. Pop it ums or bread. Do you know what? I'm going to say bread. I'm going to say it for two reasons. Number one, I had a traumatic experience with poppadoms where my dad tried... <laughs> There's a pattern here. My dad's not a cook, <laughs> right? He's a Zimbabwean guy. Zimbabwean food is all right. You know what I mean? Like, if you go to Italy, you get pasta, da, da, da. You go to Spain, you get paella. In Zimbabwe, the main dish is kind of like this big lump of maize, which you put with a bit of vegetables, a bit of meat. It can, can taste nice, but, you know... It's, it's not the kind of height of, of culinary perfection. So anyway, my dad one day said, I'm going to make a curry. Now, I mean, the curry itself was basically just chunks of meat floating around in like a, a brown liquid. But my dad had obviously seen poppadoms before, but just didn't know where do you get them? How do you make them? So when I sit down for this curry now, there's just a bowl of quavers in the middle of the table. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, just cheesy quavers with this sort of meaty gloop. <laughs> that was enough. That was enough to put me off of Papa Dom's for life. Had he made the quavers, or did he buy them? Just a packet of quavers and put them in yeah, the. He just bought them. He just <laughs> bought like them. a jumbo quavers. I love. I mean, I obviously love that, and I love that it's put you off Papa Dom's. Yeah. Even though it was just a bowl of quavers. <laughs> Yeah, but just the sensation of the like this cheesy taste with this curry. It's just, yeah. I don't want to know what a real poppadom tastes like now. Sure, it's been put in your head. Did just, uh, was it something for years that would get brought up a lot of the time, the, the quavers? As, or, or was your dad quite sensitive about it, didn't want to hear, didn't want to be made fun of? No, he's very sensitive about that. He, he, he was convinced that he would go on to Dragon's Den with these, um, basically, you know, this white stuff, I told you, this sadza, which is like this ball of maize. Yeah. 
he thought that he had come up with this idea where if you put the pan onto like a searingly hot heat and it starts to burn the outside, that he'd created sort of like a mazy Malteser. And he was like, no, guys, trust me, this is, I'm going to take this on Dragon's Den and it's going to be amazing. Like, don't tell anyone about this. Don't tell anyone about Sadza balls. I was like, I'm not going to, Dad, don't worry. So a lot of my, you know, a lot of my cooking, my cooking anxiety comes from my dad for sure. Sorry, what was his idea? Was that he would get a ball of maize, put it in a searing hot pan and burn the outside of it. And that was the product. And make a Malteser. That's yeah. the product. <laughs> because you're not used to having crispy sadza. So yeah. it was the fact that something that we've grown up knowing as soft is suddenly now crispy. Yes. So no one was doing that. Yeah, sadza balls. So he'd really reinvented the sadza wheel. But... It's the fact that <laughs> so I kind of don't mind the fact he's come up with that and called him Sadza yeah. Balls. I think that's great. Yeah. But what what I like is that he thinks he can take it on Dragon's Den. It's, just, it's, not, it's not a product. It's not. It's not. It, it, it's something yeah. that anyone could do at home. So it's, it's just an idea that here's a suggestion. Why not get your Sadza Ball and put it on the serving hot heat and burn it all the way around so it's crispy? But he's gone. I can sell this. <laughs> but he's just selling a suggestion to people. <laughs> Yeah, like any good businessman would. Sure. Presumably on Dragon's Den, mm. he'd be explaining to them what Sadza is to start with, right? So they'd have to get over that mm. hurdle. And then he'd have to go, but imagine it different. Imagine this thing you've never heard of different. <laughs> okay, you're not bought into it. I can say, how about a Poppadom? Yeah. <laughs> okay, bring in the Quavers. <laughs> a packet of Quavers that I bought from the shop on the way here. Here's my idea. Give someone a packet of Quavers and call them Poppadoms. That's my new idea. Who's it? <laughs> so you would go bread, though. You'd oh, go I'd go bread. That. I'm so specific about bread, though. Okay, that's what we like. When I have toast, this has caused a big uh, controversy before. So one day I was made some toast, and then I posted put it on my Instagram. I was like, this is how we all eat toast, right? And the thing is, when I make toast, I don't like the butter to melt into the toast. Right, okay. I like the toast to be cold and rock hard, but still toast, uh-huh. and then to layer the butter as a solid over the top of it. Okay. But apparently that's, that's a war crime or something. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that is how I like my toast. It's not how people do it. To be fair, firstly, I really like how offhand you were with. Obviously, you know you're, you're online more than us. Mm. Yeah, very. Uh, I made some toast and obviously went to put it on my Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> no, but this was just a one-off. I'm not usually, you know, I don't usually, you know, put such frivolous matters on there. Um, but on this one occasion, I was just getting some funny looks from my housemates, and I thought, you know, what's wrong with them? Uh, and then I put it on there and I thought, wow, okay, this is an, actually an issue people have. Because really, if your butter melts, you're not tasting the butter. Mm, that's not true. You know, you're just tasting like this this, this sort of um, liquidy oil. Me, I like to taste the butter. When I was a kid, I actually used to eat butter out of the fridge. Uh, my mum had to stop me. <laughs> how, how old were you when you stopped eating butter out of the fridge? Uh, what was the date yesterday? Um, no, I was about... <laughs> I was probably about maybe seven. When, when Ed was destroying your material when he was mentoring you, this is the kind of stuff you wanted to hear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would have loved that. About your days of eating butter out of the fridge. You would have said, put that in the sack. <laughs> I kind of agree with the taste in the butter thing. Like, mm. So if I have toast, if I'm really going for it, I will have hot toast, but the mm. butter will be cold yeah. and straight out the fridge. Mm-hmm. So it'll be sort of layers of butter that is melting a little bit, but they'll still you'll still be able to see it as solid bits of butter. I like that. Mm. Nope. I like that too. Nope. It's a different taste, isn't it? Best toast I ever had is grilling it under the grill proper, not doing it in the toaster. And, and uh, mm. the second time when I flipped it over to do the second side, I put the butter on top of it then, grill it with the butter on it, oh. let the, and do loads of butter. Let the butter completely just soak the whole bread. No, no, no. And then Mm-mm. chomp it up. Delicious. 
and then I taste the butter. I taste the butter, baby. No, but then it's just soggy, isn't it? No, it's not just soggy because it's it's been under the grill at the same time, so it's still crispy toast. But you got that rich butter, like fried bread, I guess. You also can't have chomp it up as part of your recipe. Chomp it up goes for all of these recipes. You can't go in my recipe. You eat it at the end. It's not <laughs> chomping is different, isn't it? Chomp, chomp, chomp. It's an onomatopoeic thing. Not all food goes chomp, chomp, chomp. You you wouldn't be able to do that, though. Because if your bread was grilled, it would be completely sodden in butter. Yeah. So you wouldn't even be chomping. You'd be slurping your toast. You'd be dr- drinking it. Believe me, it's a chomp, guys. <laughs> Just take my word for it. <laughs> I was chomp, chomp, chomping it. I like oh. chunks. I like chunks of butter. Okay. But would you like what Munya described there of having cold toast with blocks of with a layer of of just cold butter on top of it. I don't like the cold toast. I'd rather have just bread, untoasted bread with the with the chunks of butter. Yeah, I'm down for that as well. But cold toast, I don't cold toast feels sad mm. to me. But the reason I have it toast, I have to have it toasted is because you you know, as a uh, as a fellow butter fiend, you'll know that when you're trying to put butter onto raw bread, it just the when you try and scrape the butter, it rips a hole in the bread. Mm-hmm. So the toast is more of a procedural thing as opposed to a preference. Do you know what I mean? So you are spreading it. I'm spreading it, yeah. Because I thought you were just slicing it and then laying it on like cheese, like a cheese sandwich. But no, butter. I'm not maniac. No, no, no. I, I'll, <laughs> I'll put a slab on and then sort of scrape it evenly across. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think what I, you're you're toasting it almost not for the temperature or the taste, but for the structural integrity, so you yes. can then spread the butter on yes. top of it. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'm okay with that element of it. Yeah. Okay. Good. I'm glad we found a middle ground. So is that what you is that what you want for your bread course here? You want cold toast with a thick <laughs> layer of butter. In an ideal world, yes. And if not, a piece of bread that is completely consumed by butter, but there's no rips in in the actual fibre of the bread. I think we're going to have to give you the toast because that sounds like it's your it's your go to. It's your speciality. Yeah. That's my that's my happy place. Is that what yeah. you take on Dragon's Den? <laughs> yeah, cold toast with the sadza ball crushed in between yeah. two pieces. <laughs> Let's go on to your starter. <laughs> I don't know why I'm preemptively laughing at it. I'm just finding every <laughs> every everything so far as a. Mm. Has said more and more about you, and I'm looking forward to learning a bit more. So this one is actually I don't have a life story perhaps behind this one, but I'm going to pick Arancini. Okay, risotto inside some breadcrumbs or whatever. It's an Italian sadza ball. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, you basically you're sticking two (laughs) fingers up to the old man on this one. (laughs) Don't tell George. Oh God, George is actually George is my dad's name, but. My dad randomly changes his he sporadically changes his names depending on what his mood is. <laughs> my, wait, let me explain. My dad's name, my dad's name was was Fallot, right? Uh-huh. Which for some reason sounds like a measurement of land. Anyway, one day I was at this uh, lady's house in Zimbabwe and she went, "Oh, do you know that Fallot means heart operation in whatever German or something?" From that moment, my dad said, no way, I'm not being called for, I will not have this as my name. So he changed it to George. He was George for a little while. And then I remember one day being on the way to church and uh, he was like, you know, my son, I, I really just want, want to change. And I was reading this uh, picture Bible at the time and I was like, you know, what about Jacob? You know, Jacob seemed to be like a right lad. Um, You're suggesting one <laughs> Yeah, From and, the Bible. <laughs> And he just went, yeah, I'm going to be called Jacob. And he just changed his name to Jacob in all of his documentation, not legally, but just 
He just wouldn't respond when people were shouting George at him. <laughs> and is he George again now, or is he is he Jacob? Still? No, he's, he's he's still Jacob. So I'm not going to tell him I did a, a podcast with Ed and James. Otherwise, he'll be like, "Oh, Ed, that's a nice name." <laughs> <That's a nice laughs> but no, why am I getting distracted? So yeah, um, right. So Arancini, because I made it recently. I don't like making arancini because you know you got to co- you end up with your hands covered in the, like this panko breadcrumb crust, which you know as a former uh, eczematic, someone with eczema, it's, it's you know it's, it's traumatic memories for me. But I enjoy eating it. Yeah. The only thing is, no one ever told me in, in the book. It said you know you're making arancini balls. It didn't specify the size. Now, uh, obviously, this is an audio medium. I just want the listener to know that the size that Munya uh, estimated there with his hands was uh, about twice the size of his own head. So I'm <laughs> yes, looking forward to this problem. story. So you know, no one told you the size. When I went to when I went to this market, it was literally last weekend. I went to this market and that market, I saw the arancini. Give me these uh, tiny, like golf ball size things, and I said, you know, is this your arancini? They said, yeah, this is the size is meant to be. <laughs> Meanwhile, two weeks ago, I was eating these bowling balls full of rice. <laughs> Thinking that was the size they were meant to be. So, yeah, I've only experienced true arancini once, but I like the big ones anyway. As someone who's so, like, you know, you do so much stuff online, you would think you would Google this kind of thing. Like, you see, you see, you see me, your, whole, your whole life making videos and posting stuff, and it's all like being on top of social media, and that's what your whole career depends on. Really, have your finger on the pulse on the internet, making arancini. I won't Google what, any of this. I will just guess uh, I'll have this bowling ball, and I'll eat that. That's like a sensible size. Love it. And then, like, yeah, go to the market. What the hell is this? <laughs> I asked for an arancini, please, not a little taster. I tried to do it old school. I tried to use a cookery book. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the thing with cookery books is sometimes they don't put a picture under each recipe. Yeah. You know, it's only the, the chef's favourites. <laughs> so, you know, I didn't have a reference point. But it looked crispy. It tasted of rice inside. So I thought, you know, it doesn't. the size doesn't even matter. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. So is your mm. arancini that you want as your starter? Yeah. So first of all, what kind of arancini is it? But also, mm. uh, is it made by you or is it the stuff you had at the market or somewhere else? And also, what size is it? I think is the main question. Obviously, what size is it? Yeah. I'm thinking, do you know what? Because I, I want to leave room for my main course. I'm going to have the smaller ones. <laughs> is it? Is it? When you say what flavour do I want it, what, what do you mean what kind of things you put in? Isn't there different types that have different things in it and stuff? Or am I wrong? There? Oh, really? Like what? No, I think you're right. I think it's like you can have different things within it. Like, yeah, like you could have mushroom in it. There could yeah. be mm. ham in it. There could be, you know. Okay, I'm going to have mushroom in it. But hold on. <laughs> what have you had in the past? Like? <laughs> <laughs> nah, to be fair, um, I had dried and wet mushrooms because I didn't know that uh, there were separate things. I didn't know you had to soak the mushrooms for them to be... You know you, you get these dried fungi or whatnot. Dry, uh-huh. uh, soak them in water, chop them up, put them in. I just skimmed the recipe and it said, you know, get your chopped dried mushrooms and then get your chopped wet mushrooms later in the recipe. Uh-huh. So my assumption was, oh, I put in all of them. So I just sort of doubled up on mushroom. Uh-huh. Reminds me of um, my first meal at university, actually, where I was so anxious about going broke that for my first meal at university, I had mashed potato with chips with roast potatoes because <laughs> I thought each potato would bring something different to the meal, but it didn't. <laughs> so I'm going to have mushroom uh, arancini. Okay. Nice. Yeah, that sounds mm. fair. We, we sort of glossed over that you don't normally like making things with breadcrumbs because you used to have eczema. <laughs> 
It's the sure. sensation of it, though. So it, it reminds you of when you had eczema, when you've got breadcrumbs all over your hands. Yeah, because it's like, um, you know, your hands are all crackly and just, you know, just shedding everywhere. Yeah. It's not a good time. So you get the flashbacks that you start having to put E45 on your hands. And, no, these are just breadcrumbs. No, <laughs> what have I done? Made it even worse. But you know what I mean, though? When you're cooking, I always get a moment of panic when I have to make anything with um, with dough. Because, you know, when you have to work dough, mm-hmm. you know, and you proper work in it, it clings in all your fingers and your yeah. webs and stuff. And they're like, no, 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 it's gonna, if you do it well, it's going to fall off. But I always just have this horrible image of just being tra- my hands trapped in these doughy handcuffs. Forever. But, work, you know, if you keep on kneading it, yeah, eventually it comes clean off. But that was a hurdle I had to get past at the beginning of sort of my, do- my dough career. So while you were starting to knead the bread, there was a point... Mm before you'd got to the end where you thought, I might be here for the rest of my life stuck. <laughs> I might I might never get out of this. And you started to lose lose faith. In your, and I quote, doughy handcuffs. Yeah, because you can't move it from hand to hand. Every time yeah. you, you try and shake it off, yeah. it just, you know, it stays. Yeah. I completely understand. Whenever I've done dough stuff, you do get that panic where you're like, well, I want to get this off my hand. Mm-hmm. But if I use my other hand, it's going to be on that hand. It's like when you stand mm. on a bit of tape mm. and you try and step off the tape mm-hmm. and then it's on your other foot yes exactly <laughs> so that was my that was my panic with dough so yeah, i would like someone else to make the arancini for me yeah so that you're I'm not mm-hmm, reminded sorry. of your eczema days mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um do you want the person making the arancini to have eczema <laughs> <laughs> no i don't want there to be any eczema involved okay i'll see. I want just be straight straight mushroom risotto and breadcrumbs and then you want the little ones that you saw at the market mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. the big one the marble size ones. Marble size? No, sorry, no. Marble's a bit mad. Yeah, it's nah. too small. Bit, bit, the golf ball size ones. Yeah, the golf ball size ones. Yeah. Mm. If, you're, if you're getting marble ones from someone else, they're your opposite. They're your, you know, you found your opposite in the world. Well, you say that, but at, at school, I actually used to be a marble champion. Uh, <laughs> no, hang on, wait, listen. <laughs> listen. Yeah. yeah. I can't describe how this happened, but... Well, you're going to need to. What, okay, when I was at school in Zimbabwe... We used to play with Pokemon cards. Yeah. But then one day somebody came into school and said that this kid had burnt down their parents' house because of a Pokemon had told him to do it. So we were all then told that Pokemons are demonic. So we had to all throw our, our cards in the bin. Like our teachers made us throw our cards in the bin. So anyway, the next day someone came in and they had... Mo- <laughs> you guys okay? <laughs> every single this is the first time I've ever spoke to you and every yeah. single story has a throwaway detail which could be a film in itself yeah. and it's like just to get to why I was a marble champion uh, a, kid in my, a kid in my class burnt down his house because a Pokemon told him to do it and we weren't allowed to play Pokemon anymore and because uh, they were demonic anyway <laughs> Uh, I keep I keep putting like everything you say. I'm like, well, I'll put a pin in that, and we'll have to come back to it. And then basically, this whole conversation is just pins that I've not gone back to. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so one day, the, the next day, someone came in, and they just had marbles, and they were like, "We you, we're going to start playing marbles. Here's how you play. You've got different. You can. It's a move at a time, and your job is to hit the other person's marble. So you can do like a high bummer, which is when you throw it over the shoulder. You can do like a rolly, where you you know roll it across the floor. And so we started to build up this this, this community of marbles, mm-hmm. and there was different values. So like you had the Colgate, which is the one where it's like three stripes inside. 
And then you had like the demon eye, the, uh, the dolphin eye. The demon eye? I mean, uh, that yeah. is, come on, guys. My uh, mum actually banned me from having that in the, in the house, but I, yeah. I actually convinced her to allow me to keep it because I had another one called an angel eye. <laughs> so I said to her, it will balance out. <laughs> anyway. You, as a kid, managed to convince a grown woman that that was fine. Mum, I know you've confiscated my demon eye marble, but I also one. have the angel eye. Therefore, it balances yeah. out and I won't go to hell. Here's your marble have, back. She, yeah, yeah. She said to, it wasn't like a hard stance. Like, she wasn't like, throw it out. She just said, I don't know how I feel about having the demon eye in the house. And I went, Mum, it's fine because I got an angel eye. <laughs> anyway, listen to my point because um, yeah. basically, oh, no. yeah, you win these point. marbles by rolling them and whatnot. But what I learned is when people are really arguing over marbles during, you know, the position of marble, you could actually start to just pinch the, their marble from under their feet, whatnot, because they usually keep mm-hmm. it between their legs and then roll it. So I would go around collecting these really high value dolphin eye, angel eye. I would, you know, I'd steal them. <laughs> and I actually got to the point of I had, uh, and I, I only have 10 with me now because I wasn't able to bring all of them. But at home in Zimbabwe, I have 668 marbles. <laughs> All stolen. Some that some that I have won, some that I have stolen. Now, Monia, I just... <laughs> that is what we would call burying the lead, that story. That story took mm. so long to get to the fact you've got a lot of marbles. And along the way, there were lots of things that should be stories in their own right. Yeah. Right. So right, right. also, it mm. started off with you saying I was a marble champion, and the reveal mm. is you weren't. You stole loads of marbles off a load of other kids. <laughs> So many you weren't a marble champion. As a champion marble stealer. Yeah, you stole the other kids' marbles. Yeah. You didn't, but from what I can gather, you didn't play a single game of marbles. You just <laughs> no, stole some... them off the other kids and then convinced your mum it was okay to keep them because one of them was an angel. <laughs> I, you know, I was good sometimes. I'm going to need to know more about the Pokemon arsonist as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what Pokemon was it that told them to burn the building down? It must have been a fire probably Pokemon. Charizard. Like, yeah, yeah, Charizard. Charizard. Yeah, yeah, Charizard. But I don't even know. I they just said, look, the Pokemon cards whispered to him to, you know, to burn the house. Look, it's very easy to access fire in Zimbabwe. Even me, I actually burnt down my neighbour's garden by mistake once. Because, Wait, here we go. Okay, know, well, again, there because, we go. Okay, no, no, I'm just kidding. I'm going to give you the short version because, you know, I push for time. But anyway, my garden story very quickly is, in Zimbabwe, you, your garden, it's not like an English garden where it's a nice, you know, neat lawn. The grass is very long, you know, it's mm-hmm. high grass. And a lot of the time, there's no there's no wall around your house. Your garden just goes on forever. So people decide whose garden is which. Anyway, you know, you don't have a lawnmower that can reach that far down the garden because we're talking acres and acres. So I really fancied my uh, neighbor's mum. And she said to us one day, she said, look, this grass is really, it's, it's untamed. You know, what can we do? And my, I had a cousin called Mike who would visit every summer holidays, like most, you know, most people. But he always would get us into trouble. And he said to me, we can burn the grass in a controlled fire. <laughs> anyway, what happened is we set light to the grass and then obviously it just all went up in an absolute rage of flames and continued to spread through everyone's gardens. And then we just had to lie to my dad and say, you know, we don't know what happened. Uh, but, you know, her, she didn't have any grass left. It was all black. Yeah. And which Pokemon told Mike to do this? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we genuinely thought that we could stop. We could just, you know, curb the fire when we felt it was right. But it just yes. sort of got away from us. It happens. Yes. 
because as he said, we could burn the grass with a controlled fire. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is a thing you can do, but I don't think you then just throw a match at some grass. I think you have to do things beforehand to make sure it stops burning. Yeah, at yeah. Point, right? I yeah. know that now. I was just a kid at the time. I was, I was not to know, you know. And from what I gather, it's because you fancied this lady, mm. you fancied your friend's mum, mm. and you wanted to cut the grass mm-hmm. so that she would maybe see you as a potential suitor. Just so that she would, just to get a points, yeah, just yeah. point scoring sort of and being like, look, I can do macho things, even though yes. I'm a, you know. Well, you did the most macho thing. You burned down all the garden. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's episode of Off Menu is sponsored by Aura. James, are you ready to win Mother's Day? I am, Ed. I want to cement my reputation as the best gift giver in the family. I want to give my mom an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. May I say, James, I absolutely love the class and elegance with which you use the word mom, because this is for US listeners. All of your moms deserve a good or a digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. Yeah, I think your mum's going to love looking back on your childhood memories, seeing what you're up to today, seeing what you were up to back in the day, and even better, with unlimited storage and an easy-to-use app, you can keep updating mum's frame with new photos so it's the gift that keeps on giving, James. Ed, answer me this. Who is the best gift giver in your life? Hmm, um, I'd probably say uh, my wife is a very good gift giver. Not that my mom is not a fantastic gift giver, but my wife's very good at little surprise things. She says, I've only got you a few things, and then there'll be little little surprises, things that we've seen throughout the rest of the year. I'll say to my wife, I like that, and then I forget about it, and then on the day, there's some lovely little gifts there for me that remind us of the year that we've just spent together. Oh, if you like being reminded of stuff, may I suggest photographs? That's a very good point, James. I think we should get ourselves an Aura digital picture frame and put some of our wedding photos on them. Right now, Ed, Aura has a great deal for Mom's Day, Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code OFFMENU at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. What's your main, what's your main course? <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I've taken too much time because I actually... I are you, are you pushed for time? But do you... Yeah, I have to do another podcast at four. Oh, at four? I'll just have a little look now. We've got 15 minutes. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right, so my, my... Okay, my main course is going to be oxtail. You know, Caribbean food, oxtail yeah. with rice and peas, right? Yeah. Very much deprived of this growing up in Norwich. We didn't have any kind of thing like that. 
So with oxtail, it's not just the taste of the food because I love Caribbean food, but it's also just the the thrill of it uh-huh. because the Caribbean takeaways near where I live, the Caribbean ones, they're, they are actually very hit and miss. Mm-hmm. When they get it right, when they get the oxtail right, it is just a delight for the senses. You know, the meal carries you for days. When it get, And then they get it wrong, you know, pardon my patois, but you'll be shitting through the eye of a needle for the next few days. So there's something about that gambling, you know, that gambling process, which I also find quite enjoyable. Do you like that? Well, you know, it's just, it's the knowledge that you could have one and you could be fine. And if you have, if you are, then it's really a risk that's paid off. Uh-huh. You know? So you want this to be a risky oxtail that we're giving you? No, no, no. I want it to be a, I, I don't want it to be a risky one, actually. I want it to, I just don't want to get ill from eating. Do you want it to turn out to be good, but that you don't know at the start? Yeah. At the start, yeah. it could be a risk. That would be perfect. And it turns out to be a good one. Because we don't want to take away that that element of risk, because that's clearly a big mm. part of it for you. You like yes. ordering it and eating it, and then what, 24 hours later going, well, actually, that was fine, that. Yeah. Exactly. Because then it's just, you know, you just feel good. You, th- you think, yeah, I had a good meal. Like, I enjoyed it in its entirety during and after. What's Cousin Mike up to these days? <laughs> Ish, cousin Mike. I don't even know. The last time I saw him, I had put my my bum through a window. Uh, <laughs> we, no, we, <laughs> we were sword fighting, and I like tried to dodge back from his, you know, his stick. Yeah. And then I put my uh, my bum through like the glass veranda door. But was was it open and you got it stuck in the in the gap, or did you literally no, go no, through no. a window? You smashed through. It just smashed. It was very thin glass. Just smashed through. We didn't have you didn't have double glazing in Zimbabwe, so it just smashed straight through. And then that was the last time you saw cousin Mike. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that was the last time. Did he just run out when your bomb went through the window, and then you never saw him again? It was an easy escape route for him, obviously, because there's a hole in the window. But yeah, no, I never saw him again. I never even spoke to him again, actually. But I'll, I'll check in with him after this. Yeah. See what he's up to. Hey, it's my, you know, I haven't seen you since I put my bum through the window. Just wondering how you're doing. Uh, I, I was telling I was telling a couple of comics about uh, about the time you told me that we could cut the grass with a controlled fire. Do you remember that? <laughs> just seeing how you just seeing how you're doing. Just checking it. But you know, he just was. So, you, you surely must have met one of these people who you just. Always, when they're around, it's just trouble. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, once he actually locked me inside my own room and we had to uh, break the burglar bars to climb out. The burglar bars? Yeah, yeah. So in Zimbabwe, in front of your windows, they put these, you know, burglar bars so you can't get into the windows. Right. So we had to basically, I had to become a, like a welder uh, just to try and get out of this room that he'd locked me in. But of course, it was always my fault. So actually, it's a good thing I don't see Cousin Mike anymore because he was old <laughs> enough to trick everyone that I had done it. But you say you say that when you saw cousin Mike, there was always trouble. But mm-hmm. for him, you were his cousin Mike in a way because you were trouble every time. You know, you don't know. Was he getting in trouble when he wasn't with you, yeah, or good point. was he always mm. just getting? Because you might have been the bad influence if you think. About you're the it. one who broke the burglar bars. You're the one yeah. who put no, your no, bum no. through the window. <laughs> because no, he, he, he threw the mat. He, you know, he would teach. He would teach us bad habits. Like he would say to us, you know, when you have a bath, put Vaseline on the base of the bath so that you slip around. And it's really fun. So, <laughs> I, there was a time that I used to would put Vaseline in the bottom of the bath and just stand around and pretend that we were surfing. So I wasn't. I didn't invent that. He's the one who came to me and said, "Do this. It's fun." 
<laughs> you did it. Yeah. And then you, and then you did, he carried on doing it for a while, to be fair to you. He, 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 knew, he knew who he was telling. He wasn't going up and telling that to, to his dad, was he? He was going, I'm yeah. going to tell Munya. Because he, he'll love it. He'll love putting Vaseline in the bath. And then, so did you put Vaseline in the bath and then mm. fill the bath up with water and then slide around? Mm-hmm. So, so it was all in there at the same time. Yeah, because that's how generally surfing happens. Yes. It's, you know, it's in the water. Yes. So how how much longer did you put Vaseline in the bath after Cousin Mike <laughs> told you to do it? <laughs> I, I, I quickly kind of discovered it's kind of dangerous because, you know, sometimes you fall, uh, you know, nearly hit your head. So I didn't do it too much, but, you know, like just once in a while. Once in a while you do a Vaseline bath and uh, slip and nearly hit your head and think, oh, maybe I should stop doing this. <laughs> Next time I come on, I'm going to tell you about the time that I actually did slip out the bath looking at an elephant out the window on holiday. Well, the thing is, you're going to have to tell us about that now. No, yeah. no, no, because I need to do my rest of my courses and i only got 10 minutes. Listen, if we can't get to the end of your courses, <laughs> we will have you back on another episode. Right. We've never had an, a cliffhanger before. I'm happy yeah. to have a cliffhanger because you just said mm. that at one point when you were in your Vaseline bath, you fell over because <laughs> you were looking out the window at an elephant. So I would like to hear that story. <laughs> All right. So we went on holiday to this place. Uh, I think it might have been called Kariba. Anyway, the whole novelty of this place is that the animals will roam freely. You know, not dangerous animals like, you know, lions, crocodiles, just, you know, elephants, whatever. Anyway, I was having a bath and I thought, well, you know, I'm on holiday, special occasion, get the Vaseline. In. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Got the Vaseline in the bath and then ran the bath. Yeah, not the first time that sentence has been said, but never for that reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, one important detail is I'm a very meticulous person, but mm-hmm. on this one occasion, I'd gone for a wee before the bath and left the seat up. Okay, so I didn't put the seat back down. So it was just the solid rim of the toilet seat. So anyway, yeah. the toilet's very close to the bath. I'm in the bath. I put Vaseline in. I've had my phone. Now I'm sitting in the bath. So next thing I know, my mum says... Oh, you know, Munya, there's elephants. There's elephants walking outside. Quick, 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 look. There's, they're all walking like a, a, a parade between the, the, the holiday homes. Like the jungle book. So I now get up to look out the bath, uh, to look out the window and look at these elephants. As I stand up, of course, I slip. And when I slip forwards, I go out of the bath and hit my head on the toilet seat, <laughs> on, the, on the concrete bit or whatever it is. And then my head swells outwards into this bulge, as you can imagine. So, the, you know, this duck egg in the middle of my head. And then, yeah, I just spent the rest of the holiday having to explain to people, yes, I fell in the bath because yeah, I slipped on the Vaseline when I was looking at elephants and hit my head on the toilet seat. <laughs> Didn't even lie about it. <laughs> Did you not have to? Every time you told someone about that, mm. were they familiar with the Vaseline in the bath? That you that, that, that sometimes you put no. Vaseline in the bath and pretend to surf, or did you have to tell them about cousin Mike and, and the Vaseline and pretending to surf in the bath? No, I just said I just left the Vaseline bit out because it was just long to explain. I just said yeah. I slipped in the bath. You slipped in the bath, yeah. But yeah. No, but in your head you were thinking because I put Vas- oh, I covered it in Vaseline. Well, usually I was, you know, I I was I can stand in a bath of Vaseline, but it was the speed at which I stood up. Sure. <laughs> Sure. No, no one's questioning your credentials. Yeah, that you're able to stand in a bath that you've vast up yourself <laughs> voluntarily. Right, we come on to your side dish now. Um, nice and simple. You know, if you're going to have oxtail, rice and peas, 
you've got to sort of stick within the theme. So I would say just some, and it's quite tricky because I always panic when I need to say this word. I know that I should say plantain, but I'm going to say plantain because that's what makes me feel, you know. Right. Good. I'll say plantain. Absolutely delicious. No side stories there. <laughs> no, you, 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 I, but the thing is, I don't believe that. I believe that there is at least four hours of side stories there, but you are well aware you need to be somewhere else, and you know that every time you say anything, me and James are going to look delighted and ask you to expand on it for 15 okay, yeah. minutes. You're in a listen. real tricky position now, aren't you? Because your professionalism is outweighing the fact that you've lived an absolutely <laughs> bad shit life. So you, you, you're, 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 you're trying to... <laughs> you try to keep it as professional as you can so you can go and do this other podcast when you know that, oh, I know that's, if I say that, they're going to make me tell no, it. No, 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 but listen to this. I also know professionally that it's good to leave people wanting more. You know, I want people to say, hey, get yeah. when you're back on. So what yeah. I will say, and I'm not going to tell you the full story now, you'll wait till next time, <laughs> is I was once taken to uh, a petting zoo. It was called the Friend Foundation. You can Google it if you want. It was not even a petting zoo. It's just where they found stray animals. And I unleashed um, a cage of monkeys um, into the petting zoo. And we actually did use bananas to lure them back in. Um, but I was bitten by one. But that's all I'll tell you for now. Why is that all you'll tell us for now? What are you talking about? Because, no, no, I told you it's a cliff. I told you I'll tell you the rest what next are they, time. What we're meant to do now, just say, what's your drink? What's your dessert? See you later. Yes. Just say, yeah, no, it's just put a pin in it. <laughs> Why would we get you back on? Because if, if, if we do the full menu with you... Yeah. That we've got no excuse. Yeah. We can't just get you back on to tell us about tell the time the you unleashed story. some monkeys in a pet. Yeah, zoo. just do another pod- uh, podcast. <laughs> if you told us the pet and zoo monkey story now, then the proper cliffhanger is what's your dessert, what's your drink, and then yeah. we've got full excuse to get you back well, on. Well, no, no. I need to tell you a story about the drink, and then, you know, by then you'll still be able to, you have to get me on just for dessert. <laughs> I've never, ever. In all the years of doing this podcast, had a guest make this sort of bargain yeah, and, really, never, and negotiate. I've never done a podcast with anyone who uses the appearance on the podcast to pitch for a second appearance. <laughs> you haven't had them go, uh, there is a story about that, but um, <laughs> keep that if you want that, head. you're going to have to have me on again. I am tempted now because I've never had anyone go, and I was bit <laughs> by a monkey. If you want to know more... Chat to me later. <laughs> of course I want to know more. You're a bit by a monkey. Yeah. Even though the summary of the story was essentially the whole story itself. I went yeah. to a pet and zoo no, no, and no. unleashed a load of monkeys and one of them bit me. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's some other details. There was a goat as well. That yeah. I had to avoid. Well, you've told us that now. Yeah, you don't know the you don't know the extent of the of the goat evasion. The goat. You don't know the extent of the goat. <laughs> yeah. But look, l- l- listen. So I'm going to tell you my drink now. <laughs> Um, you're moving us on we can't yeah all right so my go-to drink would be a mojito yeah yeah nice and simple nothing too crafty about that but i always now that's the only cocktail i feel safe with okay because the night before the second lockdown before christmas whenever it was okay there's a bar i like i love it yeah go to it in soho it's a secret bar i'm not even going to tell you a lot what it is because i like it when it's just empty so it's sandwiched between loads of uh, restaurants in Chinatown. It's like the size of a wardrobe. You go in there and you go upstairs and then the bar opens up. Anyway, they do these amazing cocktails. So I was going there every weekend, you know, dumplings, dim sum, whatnot. Brilliant. The cocktail is amazing. So I go there now and I notice on the shelf, there's this, there are these row of panda cups that they never use. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'll, what drink is that? Because I've tried every drink on the menu. They never give me the panda cup. So the night before we go of second lockdown, we go there 
and I see on the menu a cocktail that says, uh, it says pineapple panda. Yeah. So, of course, I go for it because I'm thinking, yes, finally the drink I haven't tried here. Yeah. So they serve it up to me in this panda now. And um, I, I drink. I, I drink it. I finish it in maybe like four gulps. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm really, I'm ready to have a good night. Yeah. And uh, my belly starts hurting. I'm thinking, what's going on? So I speak to my, my missus. I said, do you get bellyache if you drink without eat, having eaten before? She said, mm, not really. So I just started eating all these uh, prawn crackers, um, also known as poppadoms, and yeah. uh, <laughs> then order another one of these drinks anyway, just to pass the time. Sorry, you, yeah. Just, you want the drink that made you feel ill, you ordered again. Yeah. 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 Okay, carry yeah. on. It was delicious. Yeah. It was oh, delicious. Yeah. But the thing that made it delicious was there was this taste in it that I've never tasted before. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, I've tasted a lot of things, yeah? yeah. But this flavour here, I couldn't put my finger on it. It was like really intense, sweet, pineapple a bit banana-y, but it wasn't pineapple or banana. Right. All of a sudden, I start feeling real bad, okay, real bad. <laughs> and I said to her, I said, guys, I, I, are you sure that, you, that you, this doesn't happen if you eat, if you drink without eating? She said, no, 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 it shouldn't happen. Okay. So anyway, so we look at the menu, we, we grab the menu. <laughs> well, I finished the second one. We grab the menu and we're reading the ingredients because the thing is, I'm allergic to nuts, right? Oh, so looking at the menu... Pineapple, mango, liqueur, whatnot, and then just this other weird French word, whatnot. So I think, you know, I got to go to the bathroom. So now I go to the bathroom. Gabs now says to me, "Oh, I've just done a Google translate on this word, and it is French almond syrup." Oh. And I've just downed two of these almond cocktails. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, you know, the rest is history. But just had to sort of limp home, dazed by this almond poison. You know, the worst bit was they had, it was, it was a, it was, um, you know, it's a Chinese uh, bar, but the, all of the waiters, waiters are French. So there was just these guys banging on the doors in French outside. Obviously everyone was turning around looking, waiting for me to come out. So I then had to yeah. do the walk of shame. After oh, I came so you're, out. you're in there, were you being, were you being sick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of it. You were doing all of it, mm-hmm. and all of the waiters are banging on, banging on the door and screaming <laughs> at you in French. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're saying, you know, are you okay? You were staggering out, and, and everyone could see you, and then you, f- you, you you went backwards into it and put your bum through a window, and then a monkey <laughs> bit you on the, on the arm. Mike, Mike made the cocktail. Yeah, and then, and then, you know, so that was my pre-lockdown night ruined. I had to go home straight away. So now I have it as a policy where if I have a drink with a meal, it's just going to be mojito because that's Always the only mojito. way there's no risk because I don't know the French of almond syrup. Now, we have two minutes left. Mm-hmm. Do you want to say your dessert? No. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, look, look, Benito, Benito, mm. I know that you really want... <laughs> Us to get the dessert, would you? But mm. we've done so mm. many episodes, and never once had someone leave it on a cliffhanger before. And I feel like <laughs> I feel like if if we force him to say what his dessert is, I don't think it will be very satisfying. But I think it's quite funny. Say, I'm not going to tell you <laughs> unless you have me back on, and then that's the end of the episode. It makes me laugh. What shall we say? What? Let's do a vote. I think we should do the dessert. Okay, James. Well. I'll go along with doing the dessert. My 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 my, my comic instinct at the time when you yeah. said no was to go along mm-hmm. with you not doing it. But now mm-hmm. that Benito has said he wants you to do it. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll whiz through it. So my dessert would be a chocolate bomb. Okay. A chocolate bum? A chocolate... 
<laughs> chocolate bomb. Do you want it presented in a window? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, there is this thing that there's a bit of a tradition with me in this chocolate bomb because I eat this chocolate bomb when I go to this restaurant called the Ivy. You know the Ivy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? But it's a bit of a tradition that happens when I'm a bit tipsy. So by this point in the meal, obviously you've had the starter bread, maybe your main, and you've had a few drinks. I've had a few drinks. Okay. So I'm at this point, I'm a bit tipsy. Usually around this stage when I'm waiting for the dessert, I'll then go to pee. When I go to pee, if you go in the Ivy toilets, there's these uh, gnomes on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Tiled into the wall. And it's a tradition now. I've never shared it this until today. But usually I go in and greet the gnomes whilst I pee <laughs> and then we'll come back and eat my chocolate bomb. Because I'm so, you know, when you're tipsy, you just want to speak to, you just want to speak to anyone. Uh-huh. Yeah, but everyone's at their own tables. So now it's, you know, it's not conversation. I'll just nod at the gnomes yeah. and then come out and enjoy my chocolate bomb. Yeah. So I would only have a chocolate bomb in your restaurant if you have gnomes tiled onto the wall. We could yeah, we could, we could do that for you. Um in your head, if you don't go and greet the gnomes before you eat the chocolate bomb, what will happen? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I went in. I've only ever finished the chocolate bomb since I started doing that. Uh-huh. Whether it's because, you know, I'm taking a bit longer in there or what. But before, I would always leave it half eaten. Now I can finish it full. <laughs> oh, so you think that might be the, the, the magic of the gnomes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because that's the worst thing when you have a delicious dessert and you can't finish it all. Mm-hmm. So... You know, because then you, as soon as you, as soon as you walk out of the restaurant, the instant feeling you have is, oh, I could have finished that. Yeah. So I prefer just to get it all done in one sitting. So you think that maybe you order your chocolate bomb and then you go to the toilet and you say, hello, gnomes. And then when you <laughs> are walking out of the toilet, the gnomes give you their magic so that you can finish the whole pudding. <laughs> Must be gnome magic. I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying necessarily it's magic, but it's just a, um, a superstition, you know, it's like when people, um, you know, look like, like lucky socks. Yeah. You know? So that's just my version of that. Yeah. Just a little yeah. nod to the gnomes. But I'm yet to be in a situation where there's someone else in the in the toilet. Mm. So that if that happened, then I wouldn't be able to say it and then I would have to see what happens. Oh, so you are are you saying something out loud to the gnomes? Sometimes. But usually it's just a nod. How many gnomes are there and do they have names? Okay, listen. Munya, have you ever done the TV show Would I Lie to You? <laughs> <laughs> I think you need to get yourself booked on it Re- as soon as really possible. You really do. You really do. Listen, just picture it. Mm-hmm. I'm re- I'm on the verge of being drunk now. Okay, yeah. I'm at the urinal. I'm not thinking. It sounds weird when you're saying it so, but when you're drunk, you're like, yeah, of course I would. You know, yeah. of course I'm just gonna say something stupid to these gnomes. So I'm not having a conversation there. I'm just going, you know, I'm just going, you know, all right or whatever, yeah. or just nodding and then leaving. Yes. If before you've had your chocolate bomb, you don't need the toilet. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Still going to the toilet just to say hi to the nurse? No, 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 because I'll save it up. By this point, I'm bursting point on sparkling water, so you know, I need to have that yeah. break. So you would deliberately, at the beginning of the meal, <laughs> if you need the toilet, the thought process would be, I need the toilet. Oh, no, hold that in, because you've got to say hello to the gnomes before my chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You could, you know, you can stagger these things, isn't it? You know your routine. I know that by the time I've had my main course, I've got enough in the tank to just just to go and empty it. I like the way you're trying to sell this to us as completely normal and get us on side and go. You know, you've got you've got your routine, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. It's like saying it's like lucky. It's like lucky socks. It's nothing like Hang lucky on. socks. <laughs> but you you guys must do some sort of thing before you do your gigs, no? No. Nothing. No gesture. No nothing. No song. No. I I, I usually just pace around, really regretting all my life choices. I think, wow, I'm doing this, <laughs> and, then, and then I go on stage. <laughs> 
but maybe I should get a lucky gnome. I had a um, tradition uh, on uh, my tour two tours ago where uh, in the interval, if I wasn't enjoying the gig, I would write the name of the place on a list of places that I was never going to go back to again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, in I that case, that. I do have a tradition and it's the same. <laughs> <laughs> also, Ed's main tradition, of course, before he goes on stage, is puffing the old chest up for about yeah. half an hour, isn't it? <laughs> boom, Get boom, that boom. bad boy out. Right, I'm going to read your menu back to you now and see how you feel about it. Uh, water, you want still water. Uh, Poppadoms or bread, cold toast with a thick layer of butter. Starter, mushroom arancini, golf ball size. Main course, oxtail rice and peas. Side dish, plantain. Drink, mojito. Dessert, chocolate bomb from the ivy. I would say, in all the time that we've done this podcast, there has never <laughs> mm. been a menu that does not reflect the episode <laughs> we have just done before. That, that, that menu in no way reflects no the conversation we've just had. <laughs> no clue whatsoever in that no, menu. Everything had a backstory. Everything had a backstory now. Yeah. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's actually a really, a really nice menu, but mm. I yeah. won't remember it because all I remember is your bum sticking through a window. Yeah, and we still don't know the end to the monkey story, although we do know that it bit you on the head and not the arm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Munya. Thank, Thank you, guys, very much. I'll see you soon for the next, for the monkey story, yeah? Well, there we have it. I, I say it was the off-menu menu of Munya Chihuahua, but it's probably the episode where we've least talked about the food, James. It was the most off-menu. It was off, off, off-menu and into his life and the tales. I mean, you know, people say that food can, like, you know, spark memories inside of you. Don't, don't we just know it? If Munya was in Ratatouille, he would have had a mouthful of that and it would have gone vroom into his childhood and we would have seen him setting fire to a garden and putting his bum through a window. I absolutely loved that episode. I, I, I loved every single story, and I love that he came on and he deliberately did not tell us a full story so that he can come on again. What what a pro. What a businessman. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you see, this guy's going to go far. Oh, yeah. Every time he goes on a TV show, he's just going to go, nope, not telling you that whole thing. <laughs> Sorry, Graham Norton, he'll have to have me on again. <laughs> He really should be on Would I Lie to You every week, I think. Yeah, and he would get on it every week because he'd refuse to tell them if it was a truth or lie yeah. or not each time. Find out go, next week. You have to have me on next week. <laughs> <laughs> I'll press the button then, but I'm not pressing it now. You're not getting me that easily. Um, if you want a flavour of the sort of thing Munya does, uh, check out his Instagram, which is at Munya Chihuahua. Uh, and, uh, I mean, a lot of the posts, I'll be honest, um, they're only about 10 seconds long, and then he says, uh, tune in tomorrow for the next post. Yeah. Uh, but it's all good stuff. He's got a lot of followers on there, and for good reason. We're on Instagram as well, James. At Off Menu Official. Same on Twitter. Go and check out all our stuff on there. Uh, he didn't say mung beans, Munya. L- luckily, um, I mean we were covering a lot of ground. They might have popped. They might have popped up at some point. Maybe if he'd done a full episode, we would have heard about mung beans. Next time we have him on. <laughs> we'll ask him about mung beans and we'll see if he has got a story about them. I'm sure he does. That'll be interesting. I'm sure him and Cousin Mike threw some <laughs> mung beans at a plane and the plane crashed into their bum or something. Obviously, there's a lot of people who get mentioned on the podcast who aren't on the podcast, who I then want to get on the podcast. Yeah. And obviously now I want Cousin Mike on to do an episode. Well, we should definitely do an episode with uh, Cousin Mike, um, Willie from Willie's Perfect Chocolate Christmas. <laughs> Mitch. Mitch, obviously. Oh man, I can't believe we've we've interviewed Willie, and we had Mitch yeah. on via telephone link up. Yeah, so we do need cousin so Mike really. We're steadily doing it. Yeah, you know, we didn't hear enough of Babs in the Jade Adams episode. I think. Yeah, <laughs> she's... a bit more Babs. I mean, we are building up uh, a Marvel style cinematic universe here. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, one day, one of our de- de- dedicated fans will draw up all of the characters that have ever been mentioned in any of the episodes, how they link up to the guests, yeah. and how they link up to each other, of course. Willie links up to Andy Oliver and Joe Thomas. Yeah. Oh, man. What a treat. Well, uh, it was a great episode. We enjoyed it very much. Uh, we'll see you next week for another episode with Munya Chihuahua. Yes, of course. I'm Gina Martin, a campaigner and writer. And I'm Stevie Martin. I'm a comedian and writer and also we're sisters. We are sisters and yeah. we're doing our new podcast, Might Delete Later. It's a podcast about social media, about going back, looking at your embarrassing ones, things you like, things you don't like. And we're talking to all different types of people. So many different types of people. We've got writers, we've got comedians. Maybe we'll get a politician. Maybe okay? we'll get a dog. Maybe I'll talk to a plant. Deal with it. Who knows? It's like a little snapshot into people's social media lives. Yeah. And hopefully it'll make you think more about how you use social media and how you feel about it so do subscribe on all of the platforms that you usually get your podcasts on and visit at might delete later pod on instagram because we're going to be putting up really fun videos and the things that you didn't see in the podcast episode Ooh, exciting thanks dudes hi i'm lucy beaumont and guess what i'm sam campbell if you enjoy, well, um, there's another there's a uh, another podcast just coming out oh no the podcast is out now yeah If people have enjoyed Off Menu, will they enjoy Lucy and Sam's Perfect Brains? I don't, I don't know. There's, there's a bit of crossover. We talk about um, maybe, you know, a couple of food uh, issues. We talk about cutlery and that's near food. We reckon it's out now. Not soon, it's now. Is it on all the platforms? Oh, it absolutely is. If you like James and if you love Ed, you might get a kick out of this. But yeah, again, no pressure. But um, yeah, this one is coming. This one's out now. Lucy and Sam's Perfect Brains.